and welcome to the Michigan Murders. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. So how was your free day yesterday? <laughs> um, I just had to run some errands, basically, that I didn't get to do during the day. But I was kind of surprised. I went into work, and one of my managers, she saw me getting ready, and she was like, Stephanie, you clock, are you clocking in? I was like, I'm about to. I'm like thinking... I'm not late. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and she's like, well, don't. And I'm like, thinking, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> and she's like, we're closing down the dining room. Wow. I was like, oh. And I went up to her and I was like, so I just go home? She's like, yep. Okay. <laughs> and then um, one of the girls that I work with, she was serving. They were like busy i think they were trying to just go through the wait list or whatever and get everybody served and gone so that they could close it down and she was running around and she had like three tables that needed refills and she ran up to me and she's like are you clocked in and i was like nope i was told not to and to go home and she's like i know you're not clocked in or anything but is there any way you'd be willing to help me i was like yeah shoot what you need so I just took down her list of her tables and, like, what drink refills she needed, and I quickly ran them out to her. She seemed, like... <laughs> frazzled. Frazzled, and she's been having breathing issues. I think she has asthma, oh. so she's been having to take breathing treatments at work. So I was just like, I'm helping, because <laughs> she needed it. I'm like, I don't care that I'm off the clock. I'm just going to help. I'm just doing it for her. So I quickly just ran her her tables and then left, but wasn't so bad. I was glad to have a free night to just make dinner and go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to be to work until 1 a.m., so I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, really. Get a night to relax. Yeah. How did your day go yesterday? It was good. It was a nice day. <laughs> we just hung out. <laughs> <laughs> I did some running around trying to find stuff to make my little portable chicken run thing for my chickens so they can wander the yard without getting eaten. And <laughs> it's, it's just this like one special piece that I would need for the corners since I'm making it out of PVC pipe just so it's light and I can just move it. So I ended up nobody had any anywhere. So I just had to order them. So they're coming from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered the last of everything I needed. I was like, okay, well, I could just order those, or I could also order everything else I would need, like the netting and whatnot. So thanks, Jeff Bezos, for <laughs> thanks all the workers that are going to ship my crap to me. Right. All right. I think I go first this week. Okay. I found this one. I was just my random YouTube scrolling and it was about cold cases. And this one was from Michigan. So I was like, oh, well, obviously I got to do this one. <laughs> so this is the cold case of Gail Barris. Gail Barris, a 30 year old single mother of three, disappeared on October 9th, 1988. 
She was spotted leaving Speed's Coffee Shop in Battle Creek with a man early in the morning. A search for Gail began. However, 16 days later, on October 25th, Gail's body was found by hunters along River Road in Emmett Township. She had been sexually assaulted and stabbed. Just a few days before, on October 22nd, 24-year-old Roger Plato was approached by authorities because his vehicle matched the description given by a victim in another local abduction and assault case. At 4.30 p.m., authorities attempted to detain him as he walked to his car in a parking lot. Plato refused to cooperate and fought back against police. He tried to wrestle a gun from a detective and was shot, dying from his injuries. An autopsy was done and a blood sample was collected and kept by a private lab before Plato was cremated. In Barris's case with Plato dead, detectives looked at Plato's former roommate Richard Compton. Compton had a criminal history, but when approached by detectives, he denied knowing anything about Plato's criminal activities. Barris's case eventually went cold. In 2018, Battle Creek detective Scott Marshall reopened the case after Barris's son James called the department to ask about the case. Nothing had been done with it since around 2000. Marshall said witnesses at the coffee shop said Barris was with a man whose description matched Compton, and a passing motorist reported seeing a woman arguing with a man while another man stood by on River Road about 100 yards from where Barris's body was found. So this is like crazy information that for some reason they weren't looking at back in 1988. Right. To say that not only did he match the description, but these people were at the place where her body was found. When reviewing the case, Marshall found that Compton's DNA had never been tested. So this made getting Compton's DNA Marshall's first step in the case. However, after looking into it, Marshall discovered that Compton died in 2009 at the age of 59 and was buried, thankfully not cremated, in Austin, Texas. Detective Marshall was able to get a warrant to exhume Compton's body. After review, his DNA sample did not match what was found on Barris' body. However, his DNA did match previously unidentified hair connected to the crime scene. Since Plato was cremated... Marshall couldn't exhume his body for a DNA sample, and he had to look for a relative to test against. Those tests were inconclusive. And also, they were able to find when they tested Compton's DNA that it matched other assault cases that were unsolved. In November 2020, there's a break in the case when Sergeant Chris Bassick of the Calhoun County Sheriff's Department was taking an inventory of evidence and found a vial containing the blood sample taken from Roger Plato in 1988. So that had been basically lost for over 30 years. Bassick said, I was going through older cases to see if I needed to keep them. He remembered reading about the Barris investigation in the Battle Creek Inquirer, contacted Marshall, and turned over the Plato blood. Marshall said, without the blood, we had no other connections. On January 30th, 2021, so just this year, it was announced that the state police lab connected the blood sample to the DNA found on Barris' body. This confirmed Plato was responsible for the sexual assault and murder of Barris, and the case was officially closed. James Barris, her son, said, 
the fact that the vial of blood was just God's way of answering our prayers. On closing the case, Marshall said, It finally gave the victim a voice and provides some closure to the family. It is humbling, but extremely satisfying. But there is no way we could have solved this case without help from so many agencies like the Michigan State Police and the FBI and the authorities in Texas. They all took it personally, and everyone was so invested in it. It means no matter how much time passes, these cases are solvable. It takes the ability to do it, re-examining them, looking at the clues, and putting time and effort into it. It may be as simple as re-examining DNA or finding witnesses who are reluctant back in the day to come forward and provide these little bits of information that we can ultimately close these cases, and if the suspects are alive, submit for charges. The evidence and closing of the case allows the Barris family to have closure to the 32-year-old question about who was responsible for her murder. Also with the evidence, it is likely that Compton was present at the assault and murder, meaning he lied to detectives when he was asked if he knew anything about Barris's murder. However, since both men have already died, they did not have to pay for their horrible crimes. But if we're lucky, we can hope they're in hell having their dick stomped on by a very angry woman wearing stiletto shoes for eternity. <laughs> that was all from a YouTube video um, from the Battle Creek Inquirer. So that was the thankfully solved cold case of yeah. Gail Barris. Alrighty. So I'm going to be trying to... Um, well, trying my best to treat this case with as much care as possible. It's Ashley Young. At one point, I went to school with Ashley Young. I did not know her, but I remember seeing her around the halls. I have friends from school who knew and loved her. This is a tragic, horrifying, and truly disturbing case. On November 28th, 2018, Christine Young tried desperately to reach her daughter, Ashley Young, on the phone. When Ashley wasn't responding, Christine sent her a text that she was going to call the police if she didn't call her back. Unfortunately, Christine never received that phone call, and the next day, on November 29, she reported that her daughter was missing. Christine then drove to Grand Rapids to talk to her daughter's friend, Jared Chance, about Ashley's whereabouts. Jared told Christine that he and Ashley had been at Mulligan's Pub the night before. So she went to the pub and looked at the surveillance video with the manager, which showed Ashley and Jared at the bar early that morning. On December 1st, 2018, Jared's parents, James and Barbara Chance, and his brother, Conrad, drove to Grand Rapids to bring Jared back to their home in Holland. He brought with him a box containing a black plastic bag with something in it and other items, including a mop. Yeah, it's not suspicious at all. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Later, police determined there was blood in James and Barbara's Honda CRV. The next day, December 2nd, James Chance took Jared to the Grand Rapids Police Headquarters. Jared's attorney, Andrew Rodenhouse, said police rebuffed James and told him to contact Kalamazoo Police as they were the ones investigating the missing person complaint. Grand Rapids police, however, say that James demanded an attorney for Jared before any questioning so that, that the police were even unable to talk to him. Like, you're just going in there and being like, I want an attorney. Yeah. Like, none of this makes sense. 
No, they usually bring you in first and then you say you want an attorney. Or if they call you and tell you to come in, then you just bring one with you. Like, just going right. in and then demanding one. Why go in this there is... in the first place? <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. They were both in and out in about two minutes. Jared got the box and other items he had with him and took them back to his home. That same day, Grand Rapids police responded to Jared's two-unit rental home after the tenant of the lower apartment, Mario Nelson, was investigating a strong odor in the house and saw blood on a tarp in the basement. Oh. Police found a torso <gasps> and no immediate way to identify the remains. Oh my gosh. This case is truly sickening. That night, Jared was sleeping when police ordered him out of his home. They used a search warrant and found body parts in a box on the landing outside his front door. What the fuck? He is then charged with a mutilation of a dead body and concealing a death. Full body chills. I feel sick. <laughs> Three days later, on December 5th, Grand Rapids police execute a search warrant on the home of James and Barbara Chance in Holland. Police then found a skill re reciprocating saw under the couch with suspected blood and human tissue on it. Two days later, on December 7th, DNA tests show that the torso found in Jared's basement belongs to Ashley Young. On December 12th, James and Barbara Chance are charged with perjury in a prosecutor's investigative subpoena and being accessories after the fact. Yeah, no shit. Of course, James Chance, a retired Rock Island, Illinois police sergeant. Yeah. Told the judge he was not guilty. Oh, I mean, of course, sir. Yeah. Lots of suspicious stuff going around, but yeah, I'm totally right. guilty. Right. But police say the couple knew their son, quote unquote, cut Ashley Young's body into multiple pieces, Ugh. but didn't disclose the information during questioning. Sorry if I tear up. This is all really like, ugh, hard. On January 3rd, 2019, Jared Chance is charged with open murder and four counts of tampering with evidence. A probable cause affidavit states that Chance told others that he knew how to kill someone and get away with it. Obviously not. Yeah. Witnesses said that Chance appeared to be obsessed with a small revolver and once, with the gun unloaded, pointed it at his brother and probed the trigger several times. Oh. One week later, on January 10, Conrad Chance testified that Jared had a very disturbed look when he and his parents had picked him up in December. He said that Jared had carried boxes out to their parents' car, but that nobody asked what was inside them. I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you? Okay. Unless you knew already. Yeah. <laughs> Conrad was testifying at James's probable cause hearing on the charges of perjury and accessory after the fact. So James and Barbara are the parents and um, Jared is the murderer. Okay. Just because the names keep popping up in here and I want to make sure everybody knows. <laughs> Grand Rapids District Judge Michael Distel ordered James to stand trial on the charges in Kent County Circuit Court. Barbara waived her right to the probable cause hearing and had her case bound over as well. The next day on January 11th, Jared has a probable cause hearing before Grand Rapids District Judge Jennifer Faber, who ordered that his case be bound over to Circuit Court on all charges. 
Grand Rapids police say that they found evidence of blood and human tissue in his home, including the kitchen and the bathroom. Police believe that Jared shot Ashley in the head before dismembering her body. Forensic pathologist David Start said that an examination of the torso, along with information from investigators, led to this conclusion that the case is a homicide with the cause by unspecified means. This was basically the timeline I was able to work with up until the trial. And then, yeah. Yeah. After hearing testimony from Conrad Chance, Christine Young, detectives, forensic experts, and the neighbor, a jury convicted Jerry Chance on all charges he faced, including second-degree murder, mutilation of a dead body, three counts of tampering with evidence, and concealing the death of an individual. Before he was sentenced, Jared had come face-to-face with Ashley Young's father, stepmother, stepbrother, best friend, and mother, Christine. Christine Young was the last to address him, where she yelled at him. When I was 18, I was told I would never have children by a doctor. I thank God he gave me the gift of Ashley, even though it was for a very short period. God gave me that gift. Sorry, guys. (laughs) You had no right to take her from me, to take her from her family. She told him how she cries every day, constantly replays the last conversation she had with Ashley in her head. And listens to a voicemail from Ashley just to hear her voice and laugh. When your brothers, your parents, your sisters, your girlfriend come to see you, do they hug you? Do they? Christine shouted at him with her hand on the box of Ashley's cremains. This is what's left of my daughter. If I want to hug, I have to hug a box and close my eyes and pretend that she's hugging me back because you chose to murder her. Whew. Yeah, it's very just, and I watched the video of her yelling at him, and it was very much like full tears. Yeah. Ashley's father, Ambrose Gunud, I think that's how you pronounce his name, also spoke for the first time during the case, saying, to you, Jared, all I can say is may you rot in hell. You've taken away something that can never be repaired, and there's no need for it. Jared rejected a plea deal on the eve of the week-long trial. The plea would have given him a shot at parole in exchange for admitting to what he did with Ashley and her remains that are still missing. Whoa. Yeah. Rejected it. Her family cheered as he received 100 to 200 years for what he had done. Minimum of 100. You know what? I almost... I almost like it better that he didn't take the plea because then there's no chance for parole. Correct. And he has a minimum of of 100. Yeah. And the judge called Jared a very evil individual. James and Barbara Chance will serve staggered jail sentences for their roles in assisting Jared after the murder. In addition to jail, they will each serve one year of probation. Kent County Circuit Court Judge Paul Denenfield sentenced Barbara to 45 days in jail for perjury and for being an accessory after the fact to a felony. And James Chance was given a month in jail for being an accessory after the fact to a felony. That's it. What? Yeah. You know what your kid did? You You helped him. Try and help him very poorly. But yeah. Jared has tried to appeal his sentence. How? 
saying that it was too harsh, too harsh of a sentence, and that jurors should have been allowed to consider the lesser offense of involuntary manslaughter. How is that involuntary? He put a gun to her head and cut her up. That doesn't sound involuntary to me. That seems very intentional. (laughs) Because her head is still missing, they don't have quote-unquote proof. All they have is the torso to go off of. That's fucked up. But from everything that they have found, that's what it, it leads investigators and everybody including forensic specialists, to believe, like, this is what happened. Yeah, either way, she's dead and in pieces, and her head is missing. That I don't give a shit if you shot her in the head or not. She's still dead and in pieces. Right, and you and you still will not admit where her other pieces are. Yeah. Rot. Like, <laughs> I don't care at that point. I Rot. <laughs> Just fuck off. Completely. Right. Completely. In the end, the three-judge panel rejected all of Jared's arguments and upheld the conviction and sentence. Good. So they as well just said, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Ashley Young's family continues to search for her missing remains. Ashley is still considered missing by missing persons because her head, hands, feet, and neck are all still missing. Oh, shit. If you have... You or anybody you know have any information that may help this family, please contact the police. Please. Yeah. And that's... I remember getting invited to her page when this was all going on. The Facebook page that they had, uh, Justice for Ashley Young. And going through it back when this was all going on and me just being, like, appalled. Yeah. And not knowing. So I knew I had to do this case. It's just. I mean, I get wanting to protect your kid. But as a parent, you also have that responsibility to make sure that they take responsibility for what they've done. And they completely failed in that one. Yeah. Like, I understand at this point. He's 29 years old when he when this was happening. He was a grown adult. I get that, yeah. living on his own. But you don't then go find out what he's done and help him cover it up? No. I'd say in that case, the best thing you can do is have them a lawyer go into the police station and just be like, listen, you're telling what you did. There's no way out of this. You need to take Precisely. responsibility. You don't try and hide and cover up a murder. You just... Uh, well. And the fact that they got such so little, it makes no sense to me also why Barbara got 45 days and James got 30. Like... Yeah. But I mean, I guess... I don't know all the evidence, so I'm sure she... She was put in for perjury and accessory, and he was just given accessory. So there's something to it that I missed, but... Yeah, she lied about something when she was questioned, probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It just blows my mind. It's truly rough. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, t- terrible parenting, and then especially him as a former police officer. Like... Mm-hmm. You spent former your sergeant. career... Yeah, you spent your career... 
with the purpose of upholding the law, but then when it comes to your son, then that's out the window. Right. Like, eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> or two. Or two. <laughs> yeah. It's just all so crazy to me. Yeah. And I'm sure that's probably why they can't find the parts either, which makes me mad. Because with him being a police, a former police sergeant, he probably knows ways to dispose of it to where it's not going to be found. Yeah. And nobody's speaking up. Like, where did the boxes go? Because I'm like, yes, wherever the boxes went. Well, I know they found one, one box with pieces. I'm guessing that had like arms and legs. Mm. But, um, which was out on his front landing. Yeah. Just leave body pieces. Okay, bro. Yeah. And the, I um, there is a picture and the evidence of the box that he brought into his parents' car with the black bag and all that. Just so they have that. And that just had like a mop. He had a mop and like blood. I just can't imagine bringing body parts in your parents' car in a box. Like this yeah. And then hiding the saw under your parents' couch? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? None of this. It's so irritating to me. It's totally unhinged. None of it makes sense. No, and watching the video that I found, because I was using different articles to do this, there was like MLive and like WZZM13 and different things that I was going through. And the video I saw of... Christine yelling at him at the sentencing. He, Jared stood there with his head down, almost like, like I'm looking, I'm, I'm trying to look for something, some sort of human, like in there to a feeling, you know? And like, there are moments where I'm like, do you feel bad? Cause he, he almost like looked like it, but I think he just didn't like being yelled at. Hmm. I think he, he was feeling chastised because, like, if you truly feel bad, say where those parts are. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You're in jail for 100 to 200 years. Yeah. You're not getting out. That was probably it. Exactly. He didn't like being told that he did something wrong. Mm-hmm. I blame his parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only one speaking up and being like, oh, yeah, this was here. He looked this way is the other brother. Yeah. Probably the only one with any sort of sanity whatsoever in his mind. Yeah. I don't know how he would deal with his parents to be like, you, you're okay with this? Like, what? (laughs) That'd be rough. Yeah. I don't know. We need uh, something good to come back from that one. (laughs) Yeah, that one had us both tearing up. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, my niece was here yesterday. And uh, we spent some time together. And I did her hair. Then I I was texting you about it because I was like, girl, what are you doing? And she was drying her hair. I said, "Has, has no one shown you before what to do? No, mom doesn't really do much with hers, and she only does anything with my hair if she's going to put it up or whatever. And I said, okay, hang on. <laughs> Let me get my supplies. 
they gave her some hair stuff. And then I was like, okay, here's how you do it. And then she was so excited about kind of the color when she was done that she was making TikToks <laughs> showing up and it was super cute. I said, you're lucky because she's like 11 and I've been able, I've put some semi-permanent color in her hair and I said, at that age, my mom did not allow me to do anything like that because I remember <laughs> asking at one point when I was a teenager even. And your mom like, was a hairstylist. <laughs> I know. And she wouldn't, she would not allow any crazy colors. It was like natural colors only because I had asked her at one point. It's like, can I dye my hair this blue color? It looks really cool. And she was like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and she said, it might still be that way. Because whenever I've mentioned, like, adding color in my hair, if it's like pink or purple or whatever, she just gives me this look. And it's basically like, I'm not. I'm judging you. I'm and not, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's her former hairstylist line she doesn't want to cross. She's like, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, mine. I've got my new lotion in the mail yesterday. It's called If You Got It, Haunt It. What? <laughs> I use I use Perfectly Posh. There's this lotion that I used to get. It's called Honey Honey. And I swear by it. Because I have skin allergies. I don't know if I ever explained that to you. Mm-hmm. But I have really bad skin allergies. I'm allergic to soaps, shampoos, conditioners, body washes, full body hives. Does it get that way with laundry soap too? No. Weird. <laughs> There's something. Um, the only one that used to not do it was Herbal Essences, I think uh. it was. I th- No. I can't remember. It's the other one that I use. I can't remember. But I remember... Um, I was at grandma and grandpa's house and I took a shower and I ran out. So I threw the bottle away. And like I said, this was the only stuff that did not make me break out. I threw it away, took out the trash. Garbage man came, trash is gone. Bottle gone. I went to the store, bought more, came back. Next shower. I'm showering. Also, I'm like scratching my chest and also I'm like, why am I itching? <laughs> and I look down and I'm bright red and I pick up the bottle and it said new improved formula. Oh no. And I threw that bottle and I did not have the old bottle anymore to compare and see what ingredient it was. Yeah. That they added. So now it's all trial and error. Which one makes me break out worse? So it's so much fun. But um, I digress. I wash my hands a lot and I'm constantly like, chapped and bleeding Mm -hmm. and um even like in summers like winter gets really bad because a lot of people have that issue in winter yeah but mine's all year long because of my allergies and i was bleeding yesterday but it's already healing up wow honey honey just took care of it so quickly and i went on perfectly posh and it's no longer available is what they were telling me and I started panicking because I was like, oh, my God, this is expensive, but it's like gold to me. Yeah. So I was like, what am I going to do? And I found if you've got it, haunt it. And it has a lot of the same stuff that Honey Honey had, including the honey. It smells like 
clementines and honey, and it's amazing. And I tried it, and I already like it. So it says it has apple extract and hyaluronic acid and honey, and it's already, it's not like too greasy or too like wet. It just sits there and it makes it feel cool and soft. And I'm happy I got it in and now I got to go buy more. I'm like, I, I bought two to try it out. And I tried it just last night because I got it in the mail last night. I was like, well, I already know I'm going to buy more, so I'm happy. <laughs> Thanks, Perfectly Posh. We are not sponsored, but please sponsor me. <laughs> I got to be honest, though, if you got it haunted, I imagined more of like fall Halloween scents, not so much clementine. It, when I first smelled it, it brought me back because I remember the smell and something else. It's slightly tweaked. But there's something in it that, like, immediately brought me back to back when I was uh, managing a tanning salon. Huh. There's a lotion that I used back. This is, like, what, 2007? <laughs> oh, Lord. This was a lo I'm old, folks. This was a long time ago. And it just all of a sudden, like, brought me back to the early 2000s. And I'm like, oh, my God. I've smelled this before, and I loved that that tanning lotion. Like, it smells kind of like it. Huh. But I'm into it. It says it's a haunting fragrance of delicious honey-dipped clementines. <laughs> the haunt-ya. Haunting fragrance. Haunting yeah. Fragrance. And it's a purple bottle, so I'm picturing Halloween. So that's just, <laughs> yeah. it's not computing in my brain. Well, it's mostly like black and then um, dark blue. And then it has like, it's got I graves figured, on it. <laughs> I figured it works for our podcast. You know, I like it. <laughs> I mean, it works, but the, to be honest, the name and the scents don't match up. I thought the same thing. <laughs> but that's my excitement for the day. My hands are clearing up and I've got a good lotion. Nice. Alrighty, everybody. Well, thank you for listening and being here with us. And again, if you have any idea or any information whatsoever that may help Ashley Young's family find her missing remains, please contact the police and watch out for the crazies, folks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. The music titled Teller of the Tales was provided by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incomtech.filmmusic.io.